0: Welcome to Motivators in Motion, where the world's top talent give you a daily dose of what drives them towards excellence to give you the inspiration you need to pursue your passion. Listen in as industry professionals, elite athletes, and star studded entertainers share their unique experiences and encourage you to take that next step toward achieving your dream. It's time to put yourself in motion with your host, Brad Delius. Hey everyone, are you ready to be motivated? Today, it's part two of my conversation with Paul Boyer on how to stand out from your competition in social media. We also touch on Paul's baseball work and some of the biggest storylines from the 2019 Major League Baseball season. Plus, what motivates Paul to continue to push out great content on a regular basis? All of that is coming up in just a second, but first, let's thank our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial right now at audibletrial.com slash motivators With a busy schedule, I don't get in as much reading as I probably should. Audible allows me to finally check out that book that everyone's been talking about. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Check it out right now for free at audibletrial.com motivators is it fair to say that, if nothing less, social media has allowed people to become better time management keepers uh, you know, for people who work in it? Not necessarily for people who are just on social media for entertainment purposes, but for people who are working or making money working as a social media lead like yourself, putting out tweets... Because you have to work quick, right? I mean, you have to work fast. There's so much going on. You can't spend too much time. You have to move on to different areas. Have you found that it's helped with your time management or just working a little bit quicker?
1: It's forced me to be more organized. I still wouldn't say I'm the cleanest shop in town, but it has forced me to really be on top of my game more often. A lot of these things that happen during a game have an expiration date, and that expiration date comes up really fast. It's not even a date. It's within minutes there are certain things that become stale. And if you try and talk about them while something else is now happening and the next event in the game is going on, people don't really want to think about that anymore, unless it's like a really good little piece that you had to research. You need to be in that moment, pay attention, stay focused, and realize that whatever you have to say about that needs to be decided quickly. Now, of course, the downside of that is it leaves you more error prone leaves you prone to fat fingering something on the keyboard and, you know, and a, putting in a typo, which in the land of Twitter is, is not great because you have to scrap the whole thing and start over when you do that. But you really have to pay attention, be as careful as you can while still being really quick, because once something is even three, four, five minutes old in baseball, unless it's an inning break, chances are you're already behind and we're already talking about the next thing.
0: What are a couple of headlines when you think about this 2019 Major League Baseball season?
1: I think we are reaching an interesting point in terms of what the league is going to do about the baseball, the physical baseball itself, because they've admitted now that there's a difference in drag and the ball flies more easily. and That's why we're seeing an incredible increase in home runs. More home runs than ever are going to be hit this year. We're going to have people who are going to challenge 55. If they get hot, maybe even 60 home runs, something we haven't seen in a long time. They're just flying out of the park. Balls that would have normally been medium flyouts, just they're gone. So offense has gone up uh, in a frustrating way, I think. I'm not sure the league really intended for – this many home runs to be hit, maybe there was something on their part to, to try and push it a little, but this is just this is way too many, way too fast. I think it'll be interesting to see how quickly that changes, if it does change, or even if it gets worse. I don't know how many of these baseballs they've already made, if they're going to keep working into twenty twenty with, you know, this home run spike just still going up and up and up and pitchers ERAs going up along with it. But it's more offense, more home runs. And we've seen since the mid-90s when guys were uh, at the peak of, of a, uh, an asterisk era in many historians' eyes. So I think what the league does in terms of actually constructing the baseball for next season and seasons moving forward is really something that's been brought to light by this season.
0: A couple things for you. One, this story just came out about Major League Baseball warning players that sex pills are possibly to blame for positive PED (laughs) testing. What do you think about that one?
1: You know, just when you think you've heard it all, I don't know. I I think, first of all, I I don't really think sex lives, if it's players or or Major League Baseball's business, I think it's kind of strange that some of these pills would contain banned substances that are somehow baseball performance enhancing, not in the performance enhancing way you, you normally associate with those pills. I, it's it's a, almost farcical how, how funny this is and how out of nowhere this just sort of arrives. You know, Jeff Passon announcing the story yesterday it just sort of hit like a bolt from the blue. I don't really know what else to think about it other than it's really kind of funny. And also at the same time, it's not really any of my business. I'm not sure how it can really lend that much of a credible performance enhancement on the field. And I also don't really care. I mean, it, if it helps players be a little bit better and so be it i I, like we were just talking about with the baseball i think the baseball is doing more work by itself the players certainly don't need any help playing with a ball that juice so it's really just sort of a it's an amusing thing more than a concern for me
0: another one are ratings a real problem for baseball i ask because You know, during the all-star break this year, watching the all-star game in basically the middle of July, a lot of people are on vacation. A lot of people aren't necessarily dialed in to sports. I mean, at least not how they would be dialed into, let's say, the National Football League in the middle of the fall. Are ratings a real problem for baseball, or is it maybe too soon to dive into that?
1: You know, I feel like we've been told ratings are a problem every year for what 10 12 years now I, I feel like this has come up every year and yet at the same time we're also seeing really good attendance numbers there was an attendance rebound a couple of years back and I think last year was was one of the most well attended years in, in recent memory there are always teams that are going to be bad and not draw fans out every single night you know you look at the poor Tigers and Orioles and those like that are drawing you know 12 fifteen thousand into 45 46,000-seat parks, and it looks bad. It's not a great look on television. I think teams could help things out in doing their part by making the experience of going to games a little more affordable, and I think that in turn might drive some more ratings. Now it's just easier to stay home and watch a game. If you have a bad team, yeah, maybe you you don't want to watch that. I I can totally understand that mindset, but it's it's a balancing act. Right, You have your bad teams who aren't going to draw as much, and you have your good teams, which change in some cases from year to year, who then pull in more ratings and gain attention. and
0: It, it all balances
1: out in the end. You know, I, I really don't think it's that big a concern right now. There are things the league and its teams can do better, uh, maybe make a more concerted effort to win. Uh, or more <laughs> That'd be a good place it.
0: to start, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, overall, no, I, I don't get the feeling that there's a doomsday coming because of ratings. I, I think they're fine. I think they're going to have their good teams and their bad teams and everything else will so just in the net and on the average just balance out.
0: Is Tampa Bay going to lose the race?
1: I definitely don't think the splitting time between Tampa and Montreal solution is a winner. I think that's ridiculous. But I also don't see how that team can keep operating down there in a difficult to reach area with a team that is always erratic with its strategy, rarely has a continuous face of the franchise or, or somebody that the fan base can really latch onto from an identity standpoint, all while operating with a constrained payroll. It's a really bad spot for them to be in. They've made it this far, which is commendable. I don't know how much longer they could have and reasonably, reasonably put forth an argument that they could be considered eventually a world-class team. I don't know if they'll ever have a $100 million payroll. And as we're seeing with some of the upper-level teams, you have to get to that point eventually. You have to spend a lot of money to get the top-tier guys in free agency, although free agency is, is kind of a different topic right now. You have to spend a lot of money to get these guys down there. You have to pay them to keep them there. And right now, the Braves aren't really doing that, except in a couple of, of stretch cases. I don't know how much longer it can keep up. Kudos to them for making it this far with all of the constraints that they have. But it doesn't feel like that team's going to be there for, oh, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years, unless something mm-hmm. changes.
0: Are we getting closer to the designated hitter being implemented across all of Major League Baseball where we'll finally see the day where pitchers don't have to hit anymore?
1: You know, I think we are. I think we are. That's based on little more than feeling and, you know, leaks that come out here and there about, okay, yeah, maybe NL owners are a little more willing to talk about that at the next uh, bargaining agreement. I think it's, it's going to happen eventually. I don't think it's going to go the opposite way. The American League is never going to give up the DH and go back to pitchers hitting. And I think it's in the best interest of the game to introduce another hitter rather than a pitcher. There is something of a strategic element to being a National League manager and having to handle a pitching staff and a bench with pinch hitting and warming up your relievers at the right time, which is great, but that's not really an engaging product for a fan to watch a pitcher go up there and drop an 090 average for the season across every single lineup spot in the NL and say, yeah, that's good baseball. That's exciting. That's what I want to see. Go up and lay a bunt down if somebody happens to get on front of it. It's it's not working anymore. (laughs) I don't know if I love the idea of the universal VH because I kind of like that the two leagues are different. It makes baseball unique that way. But I also don't think pitchers are going to be hitting for themselves for much longer.
0: What's one thing that you'd like to see baseball implement or maybe remove in the next coming year or so that no one's really talking about?
1: You know what would be awesome if the current wildcard format was tweaked? I don't know how Agreeable, some of the players or the teams or or any of these people would be to adding more games to an already really long schedule. But I feel like the forced one or done of the wild card is starting to backfire a little bit. I think teams are seeing disparities in the records between wild card one and say wild card two, maybe being six games behind them, and in a one game playoff with the chance to advance to a best of five, it that can completely override a team that clearly had a better season and probably deserved to be in that series more than the other team. It's always nice to see an underdog, granted. But I think there's an expansion that needs to happen with the playoffs. Even the best-of-five series is short. Yeah. An inferior team can beat a, a superior team at best-of-five. It's one pure game that you have to win, steal a game or two, and you know, who knows. You know, it, It's sort of like a theory where... If you have a bunch of monkeys in a room, eventually one of them is going to produce a work of Shakespeare on a typewriter. You could, in theory, have a series where the Marlins beat the Astros in a five-game series. Like, that can happen. If you stretch it out and you make them all seven-game series, chances are you're going to see more talent rise to the top. Upsets are going to become more rare, more valuable again. And teams are going to prioritize roster construction differently. They're going to look more toward having starting pitchers who can eat more innings than just saying, okay, here's a guy for an inning and a third, and then we're going to bullpen it the rest of the way and patch it together, stitch it together, which aesthetically for me is bad baseball. So I wouldn't be opposed to expanding the playoffs. If it comes at the expense of shortening the regular season, okay. I think that's a trade-off I'd make. Make the the crown jewel event more exciting. Have more exposure, national exposure and prime time for the best teams and the best players chasing the title.
0: What continues to motivate you, Paul, to put out the work that you're putting out on a regular basis to inspire other people who are looking to do the same, perhaps? What's kind of been that driving constant in your life at this point?
1: I would say, first and foremost, my wife. When we met a few years back, you know, I was at a job that in New York City was not really paying a reasonable wage. There are some folks who had it worse than I did even then, for sure. But living out here with the rent and the cost of living and everything. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk a sob story here, but it, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't in a great way financially, professionally. It wasn't really advancing, but she saw something in me that preceded all that. She stood by me, even though I wasn't really in a great spot with money. Like she made more than I did. All of that really motivated me to prove to her that, I could reward her for that faith that she had in me and for picking me as a person more than just a job or a career path. So a couple of years ago and within within two years, I significantly improved my standing professionally, all while keeping that in mind that, you know, this is this is something I wanted to do for her and I think about that frequently, just about every professional decision that I make. Like, how, how can I use this to reaffirm my wife's decision to, to be with me and, and to be that rock that I can rely on? The rest of my family comes after that, too. You know, graduating into the recession in 2009 left me in a bad spot and, and sputtering and spinning my wheels a little bit. So continually being able to prove to them that their continued support in me as I got through that time it, is rewarding to me as well keeping friends and loved ones and and just in more general sense, whoever has been there for you, whoever has had your back, who has stood by you. If maybe you lost a job or or maybe you got demoted or or whatever the case might be, if if there are people who who believed in you, who tried to lift you up as you were through a tough time professionally, keeping them in mind as, as you work and strive and set goals for yourself is, for me, something that was incredibly motivating and has pushed me through even the worst times at work, the biggest struggles, the the most adversity, whatever has been facing me, just keeping them in mind and understanding that that network got me to this point and I have something to prove for them to cash in their belief in me has kept me going for years now.
0: Well, Paul, I don't think there's any question about it. You are 100% a motivator in motion, everything you're doing on a regular basis, uh, putting content out there, helping other people get to the next level, other companies, being a true asset in that regard. So kudos to you, continued success with all that great stuff. And for people who want to continue to follow you and uh, your journey and everything that you are putting out there on a regular basis, where's the best place for them to go?
1: So my personal Twitter account is Paul B-O-Y-E. I do not have a Facebook and might never again. So that's the only place you can really uh, keep track of what I'm saying. I like to talk baseball, obviously, but I also really love talking music, new music, uh, putting together playlists and and year-end lists about the best stuff I've been listening to.
0: What do you like right now?
1: It's something I really enjoy. Who do I like right now? I've been listening to a lot of a group called Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever, which is a long name for nice little condensed guitar rock. They're an Australian band with a great rhythm section and like really catchy rhythms. They're, they're the kind of band you can just put on, and if you have a car, drive with the windows down, or if it's a nice sunny day, just sort of take a walk and, and let them be the wind at your back and just take you through your day.
0: Awesome stuff. Hey, Paul, it's always a pleasure. It's great talking with you. All the best to you and your family. We will do it again sometime for sure. Thank you for motivating us a little bit here today on Motivators in Motion.
1: Brad, thanks so much. I really appreciate it.
0: For you, the listeners of Motivators in Motion, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Again, that's audibletrial.com slash motivators in motion for your free audiobook. That's all for this episode of Motivators in Motion. For more information to keep you motivated between episodes, be sure to visit motivatorsinmotion.com to sign up for our newsletter and receive daily inspirational tips, strategies, and resources. That's available exclusively on motivatorsinmotion.com.